Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today's guest is the definition of magic. I first met him in our Leadership Lexington class, class of 2024, best class ever, even though we can't count to save our lives. And right away, it was like everyone was drawn to his energy and his sweet spirit. Then you start talking to him about his family and his career, and it's like that light gets even brighter. And I'm so excited to have spent some time with him this afternoon, and I'm even more excited to share this episode with you. He is the CEO of Jubilee Jobs of Lexington, which specializes in securing quality, long-term jobs for those facing barriers to employment at zero cost to employees and applicants. Here is Mason King. Okay, first things first. How was your little sugar? She is so cute. I'm kind of sick over it. Look, what? Stop. Like the magic of the snow and little Did she Noah love Rose. It? Did she love it? Yeah. It was it was magical. I mean, she she was building snowmen and then baby snowmen and then she was rocking the snowmen and putting them to sleep and I was like, what is my life? Uh, how old is she now? She'll be two in March. Oh my gosh! So Isn't she's it still crazy a little pee, but... that, like, they can just pick up on things like that. Like, how does she know that she's supposed to rock that baby? I know it's it's beautiful though. It's just it was so much fun, and we kind of had a snow day. I kind of I let everyone work from home yes. Thursday, Friday, so being able to just kind of like on coffee breaks, run yes. outside and have a little gallivant in the snow. Are you kidding? So. Fun. It's oh too my much. gosh. Okay, so we're gonna talk about Jubilee Jobs for yeah. sure. But I wanna start because your story is pretty interesting. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but you and your wife are both from Kentucky. Right. And you randomly met in California. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, so it, it's even wilder than that because Kelsey and I are both from Lexington and we actually both went to LCA, which is a <gasps> small private school here in town. Um, we weren't in the same grade, but I was in the same grade as her sister. Like I remember fourth grade, my mother-in-law taking me <gasps> on a field trip. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. But I didn't know Kelsey. I, I knew of her, like she was a familiar face, but right. we never had had really interactions until 
we moved out uh, to California. We both were attending a ministry school out there uh, in Reading, and you all moved separately. It's yeah. not like you all moved together. Correct. Okay. And then once we were out there, she was a familiar face. Wait, wait. small world, big God. We right. started having um, just like classes together. So we sat, became good friends. You, of course, didn't know anyone else out there. And then after our second year of school, we started dating. And then we married our uh, a year later. Crazy. Lived out there for two more years and then relocated back to, to Lexington. So it's amazing. It's such a gift. A lot of my friends out there that met their spouses, you know, it's like one's in Chicago and the other's in Texas. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. And it's just kind of like we're 20 minutes apart from our families, which is amazing. Have you ever heard of the red string theory? Okay, yeah. Is it kind of like butterfly effect or whatever, or is it something different? I've just learned about this, All as right, in I me. saw it on TikTok last night. I'm ready to know. So apparently soulmates have this, they're like connected with a red string. Okay. And so there are a lot of times in life where they just like kind of barely miss each other mm. and the universe just keeps pushing them together mm-hmm. and keeps pushing them together. Mm-hmm. I'm getting big red string theory vibes. I, I have a red string all around me because I'm like, okay, it's just like God to take me all the way across the country to meet a woman that was down the hall my whole life. So, oh, I know. Oh my gosh. I know chills. It's fine. Now, how did you all <laughs> make the decision to come back to Lexington? Well, you know, Lexington has, has always been home. Right. Um, you know, to, to be truthful, like when, when I left Lexington, I wasn't sure that I was going to come back. I mean, I was really excited about this big world and yeah. I always have loved traveling. And um, and so when, when I said yes to go to Reading, I was like, I, I don't know if I'll be back or not. Right. Um, but then after five years, we were in the middle of the pandemic. Um, we were starting to think about, all right, are, do we want to have kids? Right. And when do we want to have kids? And Gosh, we just saw how difficult it was for so many of our friends that had babies right. away from any support system. Any fam- I mean, like, so we we just were like, you know what? We we want to be with family. Yeah. And so it was just it was just divine timing. We we came home. We found out a month after we got back we were pregnant. Oh my gosh! I know. And so I I can't imagine. Like I I have so much respect for single parents. I mean, it's oh. it is a full-time gig when you have the best support system. For sure. Um so really thankful to be around our people here. That was one of the biggest draws. Plus I just love the city. Yeah, know? it's so good. Mm-hmm. Now, how did Jubilee Jobs come into play because what were you doing before you got to Lexington? Yeah, so actually while I was at UK, um I started working for Legal Aid of the Bluegrass. Okay. Um and it was amazing. Even while I was out in California, they continued to contract, and I did some um, support remotely. Mm-hmm. I was uh, paralegal and did different types of assistance with the aged and disabled. And um, and so came back here, continued to work for them, and a friend of mine's on the board at Jubilee Jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had told me a little bit about it. I was really impressed with the work they were doing. And one day he was just like, hey, Mason, the executive director has transitioned. Do you know anyone that would be a good fit for the job. I said, me? I do. <laughs> I said, well, it's funny you say so. I certainly do. <laughs> and I said, me? And he was like, really? And, and um, I was like, I mean, I'd love to be considered. So went through that interview process and 
um, we all felt like it was a good fit. And so I started, um, it'll be two years in, in April and I've wow. absolutely loved it. Now for the people who don't know what Jubilee Jobs is, can you give us like the 10,000 feet view Definitely. and then tell us like the ins and outs, the programs that you do? Because I know that you all are super busy. Would love to. Yeah. So simply Jubilee Jobs wants to help people that are facing barriers to employment. Mm-hmm with finding, obtaining, and maintaining good jobs. You know, we believe that dignifying work is um, such an important vehicle to hope, mm. um, to sustenance, to dignity. So simply, we our core program, we have a seven-step model that's, that's um, modeled after a program by the same name in Washington, D.C., mm. that's been going around for like 50 years now. Um, where we take people through some basic soft skills development. So, you know, how do you interview? And not just interviewing for dubbies, but if you come in and, you know, you have a a history of incarceration, you're coming out of prison, you have big gaps on your resume because of substance use disorder, you know, even you were just out of the workforce taking care of kids or sick parents or whatever, um, and you're having difficulty, how do you navigate those kinds of complexities? Conflict resolution, you know, how do you not blow up on your boss when you feel micromanaged or that customer's getting on your last nerve? You know what I mean? Simple things, but, um, you know, for individuals that haven't had um, people take the time to teach them, they can be pretty revelatory. Help them with a resume. You know, the the bread and butter, though, is ultimately that these individuals sit down with one of our jobs counselors, Mm -hmm. understand what barriers they're facing, more importantly, how they overcome. And then we network in the community to build relationships with employers Mm. to open doors of opportunity. So last year we helped um, over 500 individuals secure employment at 187 different employers across central Kentucky. Oh my gosh. So a lot of, a lot of really um, great people that make this, this organization uh, work. And then once a person gets a job, we provide resource support, uh, help them to eliminate barriers to their employment, and then we have retention programs. So, hey, wow. you stay on the job, we're going to help incentivize that for a period of six months through some different uh, bonuses and things sure. like that. So that's that's our core model. Uh-huh. That's our 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 uh, uh, the DNA that undergirds all we do. Right. Now we also have these kind of axillary programs that have been emerging. Um, one that I, I'm really proud of is the Second Chance Academy. Yes. We launched that um, last July. Uh, Mayor Gorton and her administration said, hey, we really want some support mm-hmm. for reentering individuals that are coming out of incarceration for Fayette County Detention Center. So we developed a reentry curriculum to work with these men and women that are about six months out from release, right? right? So that we can help them uh, learn some of the skills they need. We, we have partnered with amazing organizations. I've invited the Nest to come in to do parenting oh, classes with love the women. Them. Yes. Uh, Fatherhood Initiative comes in and does parenting classes with the men. Um, you know, we, we have different seminars that connect them to um, businesses and resources, all this great stuff. And then once they get released, mm-hmm. We provide case management for a year, wow. help them get a job, stay out of jail. Mm-hmm. The number one determinant of recidivism statistically is employment. So if I can get you a job and keep you on it, you're going to stay out of jail. Right. You know? So we're really encouraged so far um, with the results. We've been doing the program um, just at six months. We've already seen 34 graduates, mm. which has been beautiful. Um 
14 have already secured full-time employment. Six are, have graduated but are not yet released, so we're, right. waiting, yeah. we're waiting to get them help. But one of the statistics that um, you know wasn't the, the ultimate goal of the program, but I think is so beautiful, 16 men and women of the 34 that have gotten out were in there for some type of drug-related uh, mm. activity, made the decision, we want to go in treatment. Right. So after they got out, they went directly into inpatient drug and alcohol treatment. And mm. I just think that's beautiful, um, you know, because it's really setting someone up for long-term success. It's it's pretty amazing. Now, let me ask, because sure. it never really even occurred to me. I've had family members who were incarcerated and mm-hmm. then they weren't. And it was never an issue that I thought about being like, oh, yeah, well, like everybody needs a job. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're going to get out of jail and then you're going to go get a job. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who have the wrong idea or maybe make these assumptions about people who have been incarcerated to think that, like, maybe they are less reliable than the next person mm-hmm. or you know, these are people who can't be trusted on their own or once you're a criminal, always a criminal. Mm-hmm. How is Jubilee Jobs combating that terrible assumption, especially for people who, number one, want help, but right. also are willing and want to work? Totally. You know, it, it's astounding. There there are over 70 million people in the United States mm-hmm. with some level of criminal justice involvement. Like, right. Like, that's a lot. That's a that's lot. That's like a third of our population. Yeah. These are our neighbors, our friends, our family members. Um, you know, but it, it's astounding the percentage of even felony convictions, mm-hmm. like over half of the felony convictions. Um they were deemed by the court system to be such of such little um, risk to public mm. safety that the individual never even served a day in right. in prison. You know what I yeah. mean? Which even just addressing some of those hard data points right. starts to break down our bubble of what second chance employment looks like. Mm-hmm. Right? When I sit down with an employer um, who maybe need someone to work, right? Because reality right. is we're, we're in a situation where we arguably have negative unemployment. Yeah, There are more job openings in the U.S. than there are people that currently want to fill those jobs. Right. We're, we're going to have to start as, as a community looking at how we begin to create an on-ramp mm-hmm. for men and women that have historically been excluded from positions. Fair chance employment's a real key puzzle there. So right. to your question... One of the biggest things that I try to do is sit down and help people understand, hey, second chance employment, it's a spectrum, uh-huh. you know? And the reality is, is, you know, I, I understand that not every single person that has committed a crime or been convicted of one is a good fit for your job, sure. you know? Maybe maybe it's like, hey, if they, if they have a violent uh, felony on the, that, that's a no-go because we're caring for uh, aged individuals and sure. they're vulnerable, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get it. But that person, I don't know, had had a DUI or, or wrote a cold check 10 years ago. Right. Does that mean that for the rest of their life, they should be ineligible for dignifying work? Mm-hmm. You know, I think most people would agree that we're, we're more than, than our worst mistake. Right. Oh, I know? love that. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, I was under the assumption about Jubilee Jobs that it was just a second chance hiring program. And that is not true. Right. Like, like you said, people who have been out of the workforce for a while or people who like just need that kind of assistance. So what does that application process look like even between like your standard applicant and then an employer who wants to become more involved? Yeah, you're right, Courtney. You know, I think that's the one thing I wish more people knew about Jubilee right. Jobs is that we're, we're really there to help all people. It's a resource, yeah. not just for one group of people. Totally. Yeah. You know, the other day, I, I uh, this was uh, probably a couple months ago, though, I, I had back-to-back appointments uh. with some new clients. My first client was a, a PhD uh, who had no criminal conviction, no issues whatsoever. They just were new to the area and had no idea how to find a job within their field. Wow. And then the very next one was an individual who didn't have a single piece of work history because their entire life they had been gripped with an addiction to right. heroin, yeah. you know? Yeah, And we have to serve both. And yeah. we have to serve both with excellence and compassion and understanding. And, and so I'm glad you mentioned that. But the, the, the process really is pretty simple. So every week we have an open orientation. Mm. Monday mornings at 9. Thursday afternoons at 1. Our office is over off North Broadway, 1450, and an individual just needs to show up. They don't need an appointment. They don't need to call ahead. If they show up, um, we encourage them to bring an ID and a proof of um, like a birth certificate or Social Security Mm -hmm. for I-9 verification. They don't have that. We help them figure out how to get it. I was about to say not everyone. Totally. So we can help you with that. But... um, yeah, if you show up, basically during that orientation, we tell you a little about the program. So that way mm-hmm. you have an understanding of what services, what are the expectations, right? Right, Because at the end of the day, it's it's a an arrangement predicated on trust right? where it's like, hey, I, I'm going to go to bat for you. I'm going to yeah. advocate for you. But, yep. you know, we're nonprofit. We're not getting paid from the employers <laughs> we work with. We're not charging you for the service. Like yep. we're completely funded on private donations, grants. To do this work. So the only thing I ask of people when I sit across from them is be honest with yourself right? and be honest with me. Mm-hmm. If you are truly ready to work, we're going to help you with everything we can to be able to eliminate barriers. But if you're honest and you're like, no, I'm not, not ready. Yet. Yeah. Then, then we try to use that opportunity to really help them discover what steps they need to take to get ready, whether that's, mm-hmm. hey, you, you need to access some mental health services and 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 get stabilized. You need to go to re- recovery. Hey, you you know you need to go and and uh, get that that um, a warrant that's over yeah. your head taken care. You know those, yeah. those kind of things. Right. So now tell me a little bit about your team because I know that your team is fantastic. So what does that look like? But also the partnerships that you have with. I mean, you have to have partnerships with other resources in the community. What does that relationship look like? Yeah, that's great. So we're we're small but mighty. There's there's six of us on wow. our team, including myself, and that's actually um, double the size it was when I started. So oh, I know, my gosh. I know. Um, they're amazing. So yeah. kind of the the core foundation. That's our jobs counseling staff. Those are the kind of the direct service mm-hmm. providers. Um, I have a project manager that helps me with a lot of these. Uh, you know, we've been birthing a lot of different programs. So she helps me with that. I have a resource counselor, which is a new position, um, which I'm really excited about. And it goes to the second part yeah. of your question. You know, one of the things I recognize pretty quickly um, is that 
you know, these individuals were coming in and though their ultimate goal was to get a job, they had so many co-occurring issues Mm -hmm. that weren't job related, but yet were so interconnected to their long-term success that they had to be addressed, right? Right. We know it's not as simple as just pulling your boots on in the morning. (laughs) Correct. You know what I mean? Like if you don't have a roof over your head or food in your belly or reliable child care or mental health services or you're probably not going to be successful getting a job, let alone keeping Keeping it for any length of time. And so what we're trying to do through our resource connection program is each individual that comes in, um, we're we're conducting a needs assessment so Mm -hmm. that we understand, okay, what co-occurring issues do you face? And if it's something bigger than we can handle internally, you know, if it's something simple, they don't have an ID, they, um, you know, need steel-toed boots for that job or whatever. That's something we can handle internally. If it's housing insecurity, inability to pay for their next meal, health services, we've built a great uh, connection within their community. So, you know, we work with United Way. We work with, like I mentioned, uh, Fatherhood Initiative, The Nest. You know, we're working with um, a a whole slew of agencies that that really help us make an impact. So I'm really excited for where that – that's a brand new program. Mm. We're still – I mean, we're still looking for funding to be able to get that off the ground. We're just trying to operate that on a shoestring budget because – it, it's just so, so important. And it's one of those things, if if it's invested in, it's going to pay dividends because mm. once these individuals get stabilized and they're able to have living wages, right? you know, yeah, it, it's life-changing. And of course, you're a nonprofit, so yeah. everybody needs cash dollars. So totally. if you've got dollars to give, please do. But if there's somebody who's listening who potentially doesn't have that financial backing to say, here's a monetary donation. Yeah. How else do you all need help and how can people get involved? Yeah. So a whole variety. You know, one thing, uh, you know, in-kind donations can be really helpful. I was just talking with uh-huh. a professor at UK today. You know, we're out of hygiene kits. And yep. I, I serve a lot of individuals that are unhoused, um, people that don't have the resources to buy those basic needs. Yep. You know, so... When you're at your dentist's office saying, hey, would you would you be willing to donate 100 toothbrushes that I can give to a nonprofit? Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, things like that. Um, outside of that, you know, we need volunteers to make our, our operation work. I need people that are willing to help us with resume building. You know, mm. I mean, we're expecting over 600 individuals to come through. We have six people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's a lot of work. That's a lot. Um, and we want to make sure that each one of them has the the – resume and and supporting materials they need so you know job scouting you know Mm -hmm. getting in touch with us if you own a small business or you're connected to one to say hey we need employees right and we're willing to have a conversation about what clients you serve could fill Mm -hmm. that need um also just connecting us if you are if you volunteer with other nonprofits um that provide substantive resources you know reach out so that we can make sure that we have that connection. You know, one of the things I really want for our resource program is to have such a great um, network or quilt of resource partners Mm. so that we can give those warm handoffs. Because the problem is oftentimes people fall in the cracks, right? Right. They get, hey, go here. And then that's it. Yeah. You know, Um, so there's a lot of of areas that we could really use help and 
So if you're interested in supporting, just reach out. Yes. I'd love to talk to you about what unique skills you can lend. Mm. Now, you've only been there, you said, two years yeah. now. Mm-hmm. What has been the biggest challenge as a CEO mm-hmm. that you have been witness to or that you've experienced? What has your biggest challenge been? Yeah. You know, I think when I started, one of the things that I I really heard from the board is that they were ready and excited for Jubilee Jobs to grow into the next stage, next Mm. season. Mm -hmm. And so what I was tasked with, with figuring out is, okay, what are new um, initiatives that we can do within our city that deepen our impact uh-huh. with, while at the same time resisting the temptation that CEOs sometimes uh, experience of what I would call mission creep. Oh, right? yeah. So this, this concept that um, because I recognize there's so much need, I, I try to do it all. Yeah. The problem is when you try to do everything, you do nothing Nothing. well. Right. So it's been trying to find programs that align with our mission of helping individuals through their their process of securing dignifying work, Mm -hmm. um, while also not getting into too many different bunny trails. Right. Right. So, you know, the Second Chance Academy uh, is one of those examples. The Resource Connection Program is an example. Um, A a new initiative we have with young people that I'm excited to talk about. Um, Our Innovate to Elevate program is an example. So the challenge is how do we birth these programs? Right. Um, But then, you know, gosh, that's also the reward is seeing these things come forth and be like, Gosh, I'm I'm only just now seeing the first fruits, and mm. yet, like, like I'm seeing lives transformed. Yeah. You know, like I'm seeing people that that like came to us in total crisis, mm. and as a result of some of these programs, are walking away with hope. Yeah, and their families are. You know, that's one of the things people forget. Like this work, you know, we work predominantly with adults, but you know, of the 500 plus people we helped last year. That there were over 700 minor children in those households. Wow. You know, like I, I would posit that there are few, uh, uh, there are few uh, programs or initiatives that have a more substantive impact mm. on on the lives of vulnerable children than the act of of helping parents get right meaningful, well paying jobs. On like either side of the coin, do you think that? being one a father but also being a man of faith do you think that that has kind of molded the way that you are like actively participating in your job or or what does that look like for you absolutely mm. you know i i think it it causes me to see from a, a different vantage point right it causes me causes me to see the ripple effect or or the profound impact that mm. this work has you know and also understanding that um, we don't have to do everything. We just have to do what our, our part is, mm. right? For, mm-hmm. for me, it's a, it's the parable of, you know, one one plants, another waters, another yeah. harvests or reaps. And I'm like, okay, that's why we need to have amazing community partners. Yep. Because what happens is nonprofits and people that have devoted their lives to community service, oftentimes because they recognize the need, they feel like, I've got a plant, I've got a water, and I got a harvest. Yes. And what yeah. that equals is burnout. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, it helps me to just kind of take a step back and be like, okay, I'm a piece of the puzzle. I'm not the whole solution. Yes. But but we get to play our part and mm. seeing that that impact of just just people's lives and their families and just the stories of transformation it it makes it all worth it. I mean, it's it's remarkable. Mm. Now you mentioned just a second ago that you have a very exciting new partnership happening. Yeah. Tell us all about it. Gosh, I'm super excited about it. Your beautiful organization, Bluegrass Community Foundation and the the Walton Family Foundation made an incredible um, an incredible opportunity available through this Innovate to Elevate project that yep. they funded. Um, we've partnered with a remarkable organization called Black Male Working yes, Academy. Yes, we love them. Love them. They're amazing. And for almost 20 years now, Dr. Roz Akins and, and her team mm-hmm. have been working to close the performance gap, uh, the achievement gap that exists academically and professionally mm-hmm. in communities of color, particularly young men. Yeah. They are remarkable in uh, helping expose these individuals to different types of career pathways mm-hmm. and experiences that build their resume and, and their exposure to just life. the beauty of life. Yes. Exactly. And so um, this project, we, we get to come alongside them and take their incredible credibility that they have as um, excellent providers to mm-hmm. these young people and lend our credibility and strength as a workforce development program to be able to um, open up the opportunity horizon for these young people. Mm-hmm. So we've got some really exciting things on the in the pipeline. I was just working today on finalizing our contract with a program called Transfer that does mm-hmm. virtual reality career exploration. Which is so cool. What does so that even mean? So cool. I know. So, you know, you see the VR headset. Yes. Okay. You literally have the opportunity to put these headsets on, and there's uh, going on 40 different career simulations. So it's basically like 10, 15-minute, what's it like to experience the day in the life of a surgical tech scrubbing in on a knee surgery or a highline operator restoring power to a city or a carpenter building cabinets. so cool. So cool. And I'm telling you, like they sent me a demo headset a couple months ago. It was unnerving. Like you felt like you were. And I took, I took it out to my um, in-laws house for, uh-huh. for dinner, and I put it on my father-in-law's uh, head, who, who's afraid of heights. And he was like, "Oh, oh man, I think no. I'm gonna do the the highline operator." I was like, there "Go for goes. it, Michael. Get after it, man." And I'm telling you what, blessed little, uh, his Panic. knees were shaking. He's like, "Oh man, I feel I, like I'm." It was I love it. Amazing, you know. But but what's powerful? I recognize like. I, I really come from a place of privilege, you know, right. like I, I had the financial opportunities in life to be able to do unpaid internships, right? go to college, experience these different things because yes. of that. You know, a lot of my neighbors aren't extended that same privilege. And because of that, they aren't extended the opportunity to explore what options are out there. Oh. and. Oftentimes, we only know what we've seen. Right. So I'm excited for things like this and other things we have coming down the pipeline because what it does is it shows people, um, 
it, it begins to spark that conversation of what right. could be possible. You know, I've never considered what it would be like to do this, but because there's a low barrier exposure yeah. to these different careers, my hope is, is that it then gives us the opportunity to say, oh, wow, like you've never considered going to trade school and being a carpenter. Right. Awesome. Let's get you into a, a pre-apprenticeship program with like Owl Skilled Trade Academy to see yeah. if that's something that you actually like. And from there, let's let's connect you with our partners to be able to go to trade school, um, to be able to find a rewarding career, you know? Mm. What is the dream for you and Jubilee Jobs? Yeah. If you can even, I mean, if you can even think about that. Yeah. You know, um, the dream is continuing to have the opportunity to go deeper. Mm. You know, do I want to impact more people? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, like, my heart and my, my truest desire is, like, I, I want to be able to impact someone's journey mm-hmm. through supports, through, through the power of belief. I mean, you, you have no idea a lot of times that the most profound impact that I'm able to have on my clients mm-hmm. is in all the resources I connect into them. It's just looking at someone uh. in the eyes and saying, like, hey, do, do you realize like you're actually worthy of a second chance? Right. Like, do you realize like your life means something, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's why work and jobs, they, they can be so empowering because it's it's the community saying. You're needed. You're needed. Yeah. You're valuable. Yeah. Um, so I think finding ways to continue to deepen our impact so that we see that transformation take root um, in in the lives of more people. That's, that's kind of the heart. It's mm. the desire, you know? Yeah. Now, before <laughs> we move into segment two, mm. let's go ahead and drop, like, if people want to get more information or more involved with you all, how can people get in touch with you all? Yeah. So jubileejobsoflexington.org is our website. has some great uh, information. Learn more about the program. It has our our emails, our contact numbers, all mm-hmm. that. And I'd also say, hey, if you want to learn more about the program, feel free to drop into our open orientation. Yes. Experience what it's like if you were actually a client coming through the program. Yep. Um, you know, as long as it's not a major holiday, Mondays at nine, <laughs> Thursdays at one, we're open and ready. Okay. Yeah. And and where those, give us the address one more time. Sure. 1450 North Broadway. So right across from the baseball stadium Amazing. in the Community Ventures building. Instagram, Facebook, Jubilee Jobs of Lexington, follow us. We got some cool stuff going on. Oh, now Mason. Courtney. Every episode, we yeah. like to do a thing called BGCF Fast Facts. Okay, I'm ready. Which is where I am going to give you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer. Are you ready? I'm, I am ready. What are you reading right now? Living Fearless by Jamie Winship. Tell me more. Super good. It's basically how do we live free from uh, lies and fear Mm. that ultimately keep us bound and really sear our identity, right? So how do we how do we live a lifestyle to where we can live boldly, courageously? Mm. Powerful stuff. It's a good read. Mm. What are you watching right now? What are we watching? We're watching a documentary called You Are What You Eat. Is that on the Netflix? Yeah, it okay. is. Okay. 
it's like the study with like twins that are trying these two different diets oh and how I know it's kind of I don't even want to know it's a little scurry yeah anyway so it's stressing me I've got to watch those periodically just to kind of like be like okay Mason give you a little bit of you need to eat to some kale yeah resolution you know <laughs> truly what I mean? truly mm. what are you listening to right now there's a great podcast called the Green Room um, by a guy named Will Hart. And he is interviewing um, a hero of mine named Stephanie Gretzinger. She's a worship leader and just beautiful conversation that's um, that's been really stirring to me. Mm. The green room. What are you eating right now? I'm not eating sugar. Bless I had to say your that. heart. Honestly, this is accountability for me. Good. This is accountability. I'm Great. like, well, I did I did okay. have chocolate cup okay. raspberries last night but listen they listen, were kind of like that doesn't even count it's, it's practically right that's kind of what i justify yeah it's just like a little a little dip yeah Good. zero sugar <sighs> only to my birthday okay february when is 10th okay it's doable yeah it's doable you're so close and then i'll see if i can like you know re-energize myself for a little bit more but i'm not eating sugar but what am i what am i eating well last night my wife's an amazing cook i'm mm. so thankful for her she made a killer chicken pot pie from scratch like <gasps> like made the dough I and i'm like a chicken pot pie straight pioneer woman it was unreal uh-huh. so that was what i was eating are you feeling better now that you're not eating sugar or are you mad all the time because that would be the road that i would be on yeah yeah it depends on the day yeah you know but I'm I'm doing okay. Good. It's the short goals, you know. If I tried to be like I'm not For the eating rest sugar, of the, yeah. yeah, then I would have already foundered myself on like, right, you know. But birthday cake, that's very exciting. Right, that's the best. Right, right. What are you most scared of? Gosh. Um. Not leaving an impact, not having mm. a mark, right? Yeah. You know, I think just because of how deeply I care about mm-hmm. people and our community, I think spinning spinning wheels and not actually seeing any any mark left would yeah. be a fear of mine. Mm. On the opposite end of that, what are you most proud of? Mm, my family. Mm. I have an amazing wife, Kelsey, and daughter, Noah Rose. Shut up. I didn't yeah. even realize that was her middle um, name. Noah Rose King. She's perfect. Just about to turn two. I'm so proud of them. They're they're amazing. And uh, my wife and I are actually planning a church. And so... I saw this. Yeah. Okay. But quick side note. Side note. Tell us about this. Yeah. So it's called Meeting Place. Right now we're... I mean, we literally are just starting. So we're meeting the first and third Saturdays at 530 down at the Dudley Square, the, the old Dudley yeah. Schoolhouse. Yeah. Um. But it's beautiful, and uh, my wife is a really gifted teacher and communicator, mm. and so we just really felt prompted that it was something we were supposed to do. And but I'm watching her come alive, and I'm like, oh, like this uh, is what you were created for to yes. just encourage and pastor and lead and develop people. And um, so I'm really proud of her. Yeah. She's amazing. There is nothing like a church plant. Yeah. Oh my! There That's is true. nothing like a church plant. That's true. We're 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 just now getting started, but it's it's fun, and we feel a lot of grace and yes. Um, but Ugh, fun stuff. The best. Yeah. What are you? I mean, I feel like maybe you've already answered it, but what are you most looking forward to? Gosh, so many things. I'd I'd say, um, 
Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this this Innovate to Elevate yes. program. Honestly, um, you know, we just received the notice of the war of award and mm-hmm. are just now kind of getting getting going. Um, but I'm excited to to look back this time next year and be able to see all the young people that we've been able mm. to positively influence because of this investment and opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's it's exciting. Who do you look up to? Man, a lot of people. Um, a hero of mine is her name's Jackie Payne. Mm. She was my uh, high school chemistry teacher. So fun, and is just an amazing woman, and continues to be just a spiritual mom, a mentor, a, a hero. Mm. Um, she just loves people, and is so selfless in the way that she serves. Um, it's it's beautiful and um, so much of who I am thanks to just her investment and belief. Teachers. Teachers, man. Mm. I know. God bless them. Yeah, seriously. Why do you love our community? Gosh, it's, I mean, it's home. It's home. And, uh, you know, not just for people like me that were able to be born here, grow right. up here, yeah. but, you know, I hear so often people that are like, yeah, I just came to go to school or I just came yeah. for... And honestly, I had no intention to stay in Lexington and then did. And I think it's because there's this there's this sense of home and belonging mm-hmm. that really undergirds the fabric of this community. Um, it's just uh, having been all over the world and been a part of so many beautiful communities, I realize like how fortunate we are. Mm. It's, it's a great place. Mm. Why do you love yourself? I love that I'm compassionate. Mm. Like I care. I really care about people. Mm-hmm. You know, I really care about helping people succeed, and I love promoting people and yes. getting and just having the opportunity to help people with their dreams and desires mm. and, um, yeah, just the my mm. compassion and empathy. I think it it really is such a a key piece of um, who I am and why I do what I do. Mm. Yeah. Last question. I'm ready. Remind us how people can get in touch with you, learn more about Jubilee Jobs. Mm. Give us all of the goods. Okay. JubileeJobsOfLexington.org, Instagram and Facebook, Jubilee Jobs of Lexington. Or please just come by and visit me, 1450 North Broadway, Come on an orientation, Monday at 9, Thursday at 1. Come see what it's like, experience it firsthand, and would love to be able to sit down and just talk about um, our program, who we're serving, dreams that we have in our heart. Mm. Excited Mm. for what's to come. Mason, thank you so much for being here. I think that, and I, I mean this genuinely, I think anybody who has the opportunity to know you and be just around you mm-hmm. is a better person for it. That's sweet. So I appreciate you being here Thanks. and being a friend Amen. and we we want you back. Anytime listen, anytime Roz Atkins comes in here, Ooh. you gotta be here. Just to be able to fly on the wall. Just, just to be able even to if learn you're just from in that here. Woman. It is something. Thanks, Courtney. Thank Thanks you so much. Of course. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, 
or visit us at bgcf.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.